Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. In this Thursday's message, Bishop Dag will teach you about one of the key spiritual problems a Christian can be faced with, the inability to give. Today, Bishop Dag will teach you three reasons why you must seek to support the gospel financially no matter what level of power you have to give. The principle of sowing and reaping is always activated once you give, and until you allow God to touch your heart to be a giver, you will not be able to break free from the spiritual bondage of not being a giver. Be encouraged by today's word and enlightened on the importance of being a giving Christian. Don't be ashamed 
Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here. We ask you to guide us by your Holy Spirit into all truth. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Right. This morning, I'm sharing on a completely different subject. And um, it is the subject of why you must support the preaching of the gospel. Why? Financially, not with prayer. Thank you for your prayers. I'm talking about money. Amen. Thanks for your prayers. Keep on praying and fast also. Hallelujah. Now, Luke 6.38 is the first scripture. I'm giving you three reasons and we are done. After that, I'm going to um, ask you to give. I'm going to ask for support. Because our crusade season is beginning next week. A week from now, we'll be on our way. Give and it shall be given unto you good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet withal, it shall be measured to you again amen are you there right give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaking together and running over thank you holy spirit for your great assistance at this time in jesus name amen now ladies and gentlemen there are various spiritual problems that we have as human beings and some of these problems that we have as human beings right are things that lead to other problems now one of the problems that you can have as a christian one of the problems you can have as a christian is the inability to give all right it's a it's a spiritual problem now it's a serious problem because it will affect you in your finances and your finances will affect you in every way all right so what are the different types of spiritual problems that people can have? For instance, somebody can have a problem with prayer. He finds it difficult to pray. Some people have problem with patience. They, they, they're impatient. Some people have problems with anger. They have problems with anger. Others have problems with forgiveness. Some people get so offended, they cannot release the hurt that they feel they, they are so offended some people have problem with being contentious like they are contentious they are you just need to touch the person and you start you spark a quarrel some people have problems with stubbornness 
They are very hard. They are unyielding. Resistant to change. Resistant to advice. Resistant to anything above them. Others have problems with lust. For instance, may have persistent problems of always committing fornication. Constantly sleeping with somebody who is not your you are not married to or adultery is a problem some people actually have it as a problem some have problem with pornography others problem with masturbation it's a strong problem difficult to stop and to solve but it's a spiritual problem i mean these are all different problems all right so Depending on whom you get married to, you experience the different things that you can have. But there are, these are options. You can have all, any of these. You may never know limited what you will actually find when you get married. But one of the problems, one of the things you can experience is somebody who does not give. It's also a problem. And being a pastor, I've seen this is one of the so one of the three reasons why you need to support the financial the gospel is because you need to learn how to give now the reason why your room is hot your room is hot is because there's only one window on one side so the air comes in but doesn't go out so for the air to continue to flow you need to have two sides windows on two sides so many architects especially tech architects design funny houses and there's no air in the house yeah there's no air in the house but because that is not their mind when they are they, they, they designing these funny little windows glass window with half you can't have air anymore all right so there's all these funny designs that people have they are not tropical designs we are sitting in a tropical design this is a tropical design it is an all-weather design with air conditioner or no air conditioner we are enjoying free air yeah and there's a window here and there's a, if we close this up this place will be very hot because for something to flow it must have the outlet this is why god gave us a commandment that if you break it you'll be cursed to his people to tithe because he wanted them to be rich so he commanded them to tithe because tithing is a form of giving and so jews are into giving they they they, they don't even need to believe in god they don't even need to believe in anything but they are trained to give 10 percent and to give so ladies and gentlemen giving is a some kind of when you meet somebody who cannot give is actually operating some kind of bondage that he doesn't really realize now people what happens is that the principle of sowing and reaping is activated when you give and then also what happens is that god touches people to give to you now, the Bible says that for with the same measure that you meet, 
it shall be given to you, and men shall give into your bosom. Nobody can like you unless God touches the person to like you. Ladies, nobody will ever like you unless God touches somebody to like you. What a shock. Hey, Sunday for dignity-based Christianity. Dignity-based. <laughs> you cannot shock. Ask your neighbor, can you not shock? When they are shocking in the church, you cannot shock. <laughs> They are shock absorbers. <laughs> hey! Now, I was reading this book. A man of God called Rick Joyner, he had a vision. And in the vision, he went to heaven. And he saw, not he went to heaven, he had a vision and he was transported back to the time of Jesus. And he was with Jesus and his disciples. And one of them was talking with him, John or James, and he was talking with him and he told him, your interest in me, your interest in me, you could never be interested in me unless God has touched your heart to be interested in me. That is why you are interested in me and that's why you are following me. Because God has touched your heart. He said there was, there is no way. Then he told him, men are not interested in God. M- Men are not interested. Very few men are interested in God and want to know. He said, most men do not want to know God and fewer even want to be close to God. He said, it's only because God has touched you that you are interested in me. Wow. Give me volume on on, on the front here. Volume out here, please. Volume out here, please. Are you listening? So my friend, you see, it takes the touch of God for somebody to like. Jesus said, no one can come to me except the Father draw him. You cannot come to this church unless God draws you here. You cannot be interested in me unless God touches your heart. You cannot do, and nobody can be interested in you unless God touches it. Even to give you business, to promote you, to like you. I'm telling you. Sometimes when you see somebody's marrying someone, and the person will say, this is a very handsome man. She, she will say, I've got a very handsome man. When you look at the guy, you say, wow, what a shock. <laughs> and an aftershock. <laughs> or, or he will say, or he will say, what a beautiful girl I have over here. And you look and you say, wow, what a shock. Because, <laughs> so you realize that, look, as the person finds you very beautiful, it's God who has touched the person's heart. I tell you, I don't want to swear by heaven and earth. The person has been touched by God. Hey! The person likes you, but wants to leave everything to sign contract to stay with you forever. He doesn't even know whether you can cook. What you can do is to you, everything in the world is worth to leave everything and just be only with you. 
like these uh, people sitting. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Hey. Hey. It is fantastic. Only God can touch your heart. Yeah. Sit down. So when the Bible says that, give, it shall be given to you. Shall men give unto you? Men. Men give unto you. It's from God. Whether it is business, whether it's in life, whether it's even to work for you, or to give you their services, or to give you their life, or to come to you, whatever, it is God. The Bible says, give, it shall be given to you. Shall men give to your bosom? There are many ways men come, and God will now touch people's hearts and say, go here, give here, release, open your palm, give. I'm telling you, only God does that. Amen. So this is the first reason why you must become a giver. Because, and you must support, because it's going to change your life. Your room is hot because there's only one window. You are hot in your financial life because there's no outlet going. Things must go out. Money must go out. God has shown me some of the money he gives to me is not for me. Sometimes if I, I receive money, I just, I, I just transfer straight to where it's supposed to go. Not all the money that you receive is for you. It's supposed to continue. And when God can trust you, that when I send money to you, transfer it, you just direct it continue to continue. He can give more to pass through your hand because the door is open. But when you see that it's a dam, you are now a dam. Akosombo Dam, financial Akosombo Dam. You have caused the biggest lake, the biggest jam up in the world of money has jammed up at only where you are. Then God will say, no, no. I cannot do that anymore. Amen. The second reason is John 3, 16. And that is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the aim of the church. Amen. Will always be the aim of the church, which is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that anybody who believes in him should have a good house with three bedrooms and one garage, two garages for two cars, and marbles in the sitting room. <laughs> what a shock. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes it should live long and have a blessed and prosperous life. That is, if you go to church, averagely to church or listen on the television, you get the feeling that God so loved the world that he gave his only God so that people will be blessed, people will be blessed, pa, and people will really do well in life and that their business will go forward and that they win the election and that things will be okay. How many agree with me that it sounds as though that is the main message? Raise up your hand if you agree with me. Oh, I want you to raise your hand if you'll be very honest. Is it not true? It's, you get the feeling that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him, it will be well with him, pa. And that God will really help him, pa. And that he will really rise and go forward, pa. And he will really do well. Imum, he will really do well, crap. Is it not true? Is it not true? Tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. So, so you see, what has happened is that we have shifted the aim of the church. It's not true. 
God has never planned this. I'm planning to make some people rich. I'm planning to make some people live long. I'm planning to make some people have good families. I'm planning to make some people be happy and do well. No, not at all. God so loved the world. He gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not go to hell. This was his aim. He was trying to save people from going to hell. That, and for people to have everlasting life. Obviously, that everlasting life is not here on earth. I mean, in the next 50 years, most of us sitting here will be dead. 50, just add 50, most of us will be long time forgotten. Even your children may not even remember you. Count 50 plus now, almost everybody in this room will be, will be gone. Myself, Bishop Saki, everybody, my wife, all gone and forgotten. What a shock! If you want to live long, you now have to learn how to shock. Those of you have become elderly people, young person like you, you can't shock. What an aftershock. <laughs> My wife is not shocking. I'm watching her. <laughs> I'll sort it out in the house when I go home. <laughs> she has made herself into a shock absorber. Instead of shocking, she's absorbing shocks. Hmm. Some people are gentle. Hmm. Now, are you listening? What am I preaching about? John 3, 16. Why God sent his son. 2 Peter 3, verse 9. What does it say? But God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. He is not willing, he is not willing that if any should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. This is the main thing. This verse is linked to John 3, 16. He doesn't, he's not willing, willing, God is not willing that even one person should go to hell. This is why he, he sent us. This is why he sent his son. And this is the aim of the church. will never change. It will never, never change. Now, if you want God's support, you have to do what he's doing. If you come to me and say, Ah, Bishop, I want you to support the installing of water supply to Labadi Teshi area with Lighthouse Finances. Because I know that Lighthouse has enough money to re-establish water supply at Labadi Teshi. Do you think I'm going to support it? How many think I'm going to support it? How many agree that it's a good thing for water to come back to Labadi? Who, is there anybody who stays in Labadi? Teshi? Teshi Nungwa? Is there water there? You don't have water. So when I say I'm going to re- restore water back, is it not a good vision? It's a good vision, but is it our vision? It's not our vision. So I'm sorry. Those of you who stay in Teshi and Labadi, we are sorry. We cannot support you. We can only pray for you. May God touch President Mills and Fonka and Osama, Saddam and all those groups who are coming to help you to get water supply. If you tell me that now I should 
helped to bring NPP back to power. NPP. I should, I should give 10 cities, 1,000 cities to help Fonka. Is it my vision? Is it in the Bible? That a president must be followed by his president's wife as president. Is it, is it in the Bible? Is it in the Bible that after NDC, Mokwayani Mokwaba, after NDC must come MPP? Is it in the Bible? So why do you expect me to support it? Do you expect me to So I can't have even five cities to help MPP. And I don't have even ten cities to support NDC. And what about CPP? I have not even one city for them to. Ah! Because it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's not our goal. It's not the goal of the church. So let the politicians do whatever they are doing. But we cannot take our resources, our money, our time. Now, if you want my support as the bishop of the church, and you say you want to win souls in secondary schools, Ah, you are getting nearer my vision. So now uh, you see that I can find some money for that. To win some souls in secondary school. Some children. Bring some people to the Lord. My wife went to preach at the fancy man secondary school for three days. She was preaching to the girls. Three good days. You will get my support for something like that. You will get my money, my car, my everything. I will give you, I will support you, I will help you. I will even pray for you. Okay? Now, how many want God to help you, support you? Then you better line up with his vision. His vision is not for you to live long. His vision is not for you to be rich. His vision is not for you to have a happy marriage. His vision is not for you to have a child. None of these things are his vision. His vision is simple. I read it to you. He said, God so loved, he gave his son, he had an aim. So if your life now supports this aim, then he will be interested in you because the way you support it, you are now of interest to him. Yeah. Because the way you support his, his vision, now, look at the way this guy supports my vision. Let me support this guy. Let me help him. Even me, people who help me, they are important to me. People who help me, I, I, they, they are special to me because they help me. If you help me, suddenly, you, you become special to me. When Mrs. Saki died, she was, I, I, I wept over her body. Before she even went to the mortuary, I cried. She's somebody who helped me. All the books you see that I've written, she worked, she helped me. I remember how she, she, I remember her. Up till today, I remember her. I have a picture in my office, big one like this. I'm the only one who has that picture in my, in my office. Because she helped me, I, I, I followed her body to the mortuary. I followed her every step of the way up till today. I'm still monitoring what is going on there. It's true. Because Charlie, when somebody helps you, the person becomes so important to you. I'm telling you, I can't lie to you. God, you recognize Oral Roberts, his partners, and so on. They were very important. I read his biography. He said his partners, they were very important to God. They really helped him to do his work. So if you are here today and you decide that, Lord, God, I've seen your aim, your vision is this. I will help it. When you help it, God will now say, look, Give this guy five more years. I should have killed him this year. 
Like I should have killed him this year. Let that out. Look, add five years. Add 15 years to his life. He should have died next week in a bus, but I will not let him die. So, extend his life. Ah, I saw an angel bringing cancer to, to him. Or to herself. Tell the angel, look, stop that uh, spirit that was bringing. Tell them to stop. No, 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 no. This guy is very important. No, I said no. This way, back. Back. No, 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 no. I was going to kill, I was going to remove one of his eyes, but I'll, I'll keep the eye. Keep that. He need to see to write checks. He's been writing good checks. Hey! I'm telling you, remember, God has an aim. Even me, I'm a human being. If you come to me tomorrow today with proposals for Funka, friends of Nana Konedu Ajimaru, I, I don't have any thing to support or osama organized seniors against mills administration i don't have any uh, what do you call it? oh saddam sons and daughters of Atta Mills. i don't have any distance for these people it's not part of my aims do you understand what i'm saying i don't have any money for them but if you come to me scripture union yes i have i have it is something i'm trying to do i can support them i can help it are you listening that's the second reason. And the final reason is Luke 12, 48. But the one who did not know it and committed deeds worthy of a flogging will receive but few. But the one to whom they entrusted much, to him they will ask all the more. I'm reading from the New American Bible. What type of Bible is this? From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And to whom they entrusted much, of him they will ask all the more. Amen. Now turn with me to, um, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 25. 1 Samuel chapter 25. Now, there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. Verse 2. The man was very rich and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. Can you imagine the whole car park would have been filled with these 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And it came to pass while he was sharing his sheep in Carmel. The man's name was Nabal. The woman was intelligent, beautiful. But the man was harsh and evil in his dealing and he was a Calebite. Now David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was sharing his sheep. And David sent young men and said to the young men, go up to Carmel. By the way, when we go to Israel, one of the places we are going to is Carmel. Up on the mountain there. Visit Nabal and greet him in my name. And you shall say, have a long life, Mr. Nabal. Peace be to you. Peace be to your house. Peace be to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers. Now your shepherds have been with us and we have not insulted them. They have not missed anything all the days they were in Carmel. Ask your young men and they will tell you. Therefore let my young men find favor in your eyes for we have come to you on a festive day. Everybody say a festive day. Say a good day. Say a good day. Please whatever you find at hand to give your servants and to your son David. When David's son came and they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in David's name, then they waited. 
But Nabal answered David seven and said, Who is David? Who is Bishop Dag Hewitt Mill? Who, who is he? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants today who are each breaking away from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have slaughtered for my sharers and give it to men whose origin I know not of? I don't know where these people are from. So David's young men retraced their way and went back and they came and told him all these words. And David said to his, his men, Everybody collect your sword. Each man collected his sword and David also put on his sword. About 400 men. While 200 men stayed with the baggage. And one of the young men, are you with me? Verse 14 of 1 Samuel 25, verse 14. One of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, say, Look, David has sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master and he scorned them. Yet the men were very good to us. We were not insulted. Nor did we miss anything as long as we went about with them while we were in the fields. They were a wall to us. Both by day and by night. And all the time we were with them tending the sheep. Now therefore, know and consider what you should do. For evil is plotted against our master and against all his household. For he is such a worthless man that no one can speak to him. Watch out when nobody can speak to you. Be careful. Then Abigail hurried and took 200 loaves and wine and five sheep and prepared. Five sheep. Five times all that David, you, you have given David, he would have been okay. Out of your 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. She said to her young man, go on before me, I'm coming after you. She did not tell her husband Nabal. It's not everything you have to tell your husband. It came about as she was riding on her donkey, especially if he's a fool. It came about as she was riding on her donkey and coming down by the hidden part of the mountain that behold, David and his men were coming down toward her. So she met them. And now David had said, surely in vain I have guarded all that this man has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him. And he has returned me evil for good. May God do so to the enemies of David and more also. And Abigail saw David, hurried and dismounted and fell on her face. And she said, verse 24, Lord, let the blame be on me. Please, don't let pay attention to this worthless man. For as his name is, that is how he is. Forgive. Verse 26, why did you marry him? Anyway, verse 26, now therefore my Lord, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, since the Lord has restrained you, please take this gift and forgive. Verse 28, forgive the transgression of your maidservant. For the Lord will make my Lord have an enduring house. Amen. Listen to me, my friend. God has a purpose in blessing you and in helping you. You are Nabal today. You are Nabal. You have been blessed. You say you don't have, you are not rich. Look at your cars on the car park. One time I was, my wife was, you know, complaining that some people were relating with us. I said, you know, these people have a lot of money. I said to her, don't say that. When people say that you are rich, don't think in your head you are not. Because relative to a lot of people, you are a rich man. Look at the car that I drive. And a house that I stay in. I must be a rich man. And so must you be a very rich person. Based on where you, where you are staying. Look at your cars out there. Say, oh, I don't have anything. Oh, people always say that we are rich people. Relative to the rest of the world. Most of us here sitting here wear second-hand clothes. If you are sitting here and your dress is used, used clothing, then 
Obroni Wewu. That means Obroni Wewu. Wu is dead and Obroni is white man. And We is, means it has. He is Wu. He is Wu. Obroni Wewu. Obroni is dead. The white man is dead and this is his clothes. <laughs> has, has. He has. Has. Has dead. Has dead. Has died. Don't say you are not rich. Look at the job you have. Look at who you are. We sit in the church in a time when God says, help my work. You sit down there, you don't give much. And to whom much is given? I tell you, you, you think that when you sit in the church, you give the same small amount that poor people give, then you will be okay with God? Huh. You know about 3,000 sheep, 1,000 gold. You are sitting there. When they come and ask you, if it had not been for David, they would have rated you over and over and over and over again. But you see, when something protects you, you don't you recognize its value. You see, when you go to England, you will never see a wall around the house. There's no wall about any, anybody's house. It's Ghana that we have walls. Zambia, Nigeria, Africa. There is no electric fence, security with soldiers, police, everything. When you are protected, you don't know what is done for you. You will never go to anywhere in England and see a security guard. It's an old-fashioned thing to see watchman. A watchman there. There's nothing like that. It's past. So security is something that when it is given to you, you enjoy. You don't even know what you have. God has protected you. One day a man came to me and said, my knee is paining me. My knee is paining me. He went and did x-ray and came. Within a few months, he was dead from the knee. I'm telling you, I've seen it before. Most of the things God does for us is like protection, but you only see it when you look at the absence of it. When you see the absence of it. And God has come in a day, in a day of festivity, in a day of blessing. Every day, it's all, I'm taking a loan, I'll pay later. When I finish, I'll come, I'll give. Oh, I'm sorting out some things. That is how people talk all the time. 100% of the time, they're always sorting out some issues with the bank. When I finish, oh, I'm sorting out this, I'm sorting out this. Never, 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 never. Until it's all over. But God is asking you today to help him in his aim. If you help him in his aim, he will help you and he will also bless you. It's either you join to to support the wishes and the will. Second Peter 3 9. God is not willing that even one person should perish. I didn't write the Bible. It's the will of God. And I'm telling you, as we go out there, you know, I've been preaching in church all these Sundays, but that season is coming to an end because we are going out on crusades. As we speak now, we have tracks in Kenya, one moving to Zambia, another track in Cameroon. We sit here, we are not prepared to do anything. If I ask you to be full-time, you won't be full-time. If I ask you to work, you will not work. I have a pastor who took a truck from here to Cameroon. He's right now in Cameroon with books preparing advanced work for crusades. He drove from here to... He's also a, a, a human being. Reverend Mills Odoi is his name. He also went to school, went to Legon or whichever school, university. He's also a human being with wife. He has children here. He drove from here to Togo, Benin, to Nigeria, and to the eastern part where they are kidnapping. When they see you, they kidnap you. 
Tell me that I'm lying. Our, all, we have trucks and buses. Everybody is in Nigeria waiting the crusade next week as we start. We sit down. You know, want a partner. Oh, I, I don't have my. Oh, this year somebody will give thousand. You like you don't have thousand, but you have thousand to buy a bag, thousand to go abroad, thousand for ticket, thousand for that, thousand for that. When we ask for thousand, you look at you look. And it's like oh, ask for me. I'm not that type. Oh, I, they are looking at millionaires and whatever. It's like you never have anything. Keep watching, Nabal. Keep watching. Keep watching. Read what happened to Nabal in the end. When God is calling and say, come and help me now. This has protected you. I've looked after you. God has cared for you. Do you have cancer? Have you seen one before? Have you seen somebody die in an accident before? Have you seen it before? Have you seen how people can vanish from this? You are sitting here peacefully. God is saying, okay, now give me some small money. I want to go and do my work. You don't have money. Every time, always have reasons, reasons, reasons. But when it comes to something else, you see how the cash will flow. I tell you, you see it. You see people in church as if they don't have money. But God is saying to you today, and today I'm serious, I'm dead serious. Because I have people, we are in Nigeria, they are doing suicide bombing now. They've started. We are, we are in a town, they, we are in a town that the Muslim, you say it, the north is Islamic, down the town we are 80% Muslim. They have also made banners and posters in the town that we are. Poster saying, what is a crusade? A crusade is defined by Oxford Dictionary as a, a campaign of uh, uh, Christians to come and kill Muslims in whatever. They have made posters and spread it in the town. Even we are, we are monitoring the security situation to see whether we will carry on with the crusade. You are sitting here. We said 20 cities. I don't have to go. 20 cities, 10 cities, all these people, whatever. You look at your life very carefully. I'm telling you. That's how come you see that maybe God will not be backing you and helping you. I, even if you are not interested in God, I want to tell you, God will, God's aim is still his aim. It's in the Bible. God loved the world. He gave his son that nobody should perish. It is still his aim. We can sit here and praise ourselves for, oh, we have a mega church. We are blessed. We have this, we have this. That is not the aim of God. When you study the principles of war, the British armed forces are trained. They are, they are, they are training nine principles of war. One of the principles and they consider it to be superior to the rest of the eight, is that the principle of war is that the selection of the aim and the maintenance of the aim of the war. You select the aim and you maintain the aim. Never change the aim. What is the aim? What is the aim of going to Libya? What is our aim of Afghanistan? What is our, you select and you don't change it. God has selected his aim. He says, my aim and my heart, I've sent my son to this world, not to make people rich or to live long or to do anything, but that people should not perish and have everlasting life. It will never change. No matter how we twist and backslide and how we remanufacture the gospel and how we change things to look like, that thing will never change. I'm telling you, it's selection of the aim and maintenance of the aim that God has. That's the aim. And I want to encourage everybody here to choose God's vision and his aim. And align yourself with it. And support it. So that God will also have an interest in you. If not for any reason, for your own sake. And choose it and say, yes, Lord. I believe it is your aim. I accept it. I, mean, I didn't become a pastor to get money. No, 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 no. By the grace of God, from 1982 to 89, I was in school seven years. I don't, need to, I don't need to do this to, to collect money. Seven years I was in school. By the grace. If I hadn't been to school, I couldn't say what I'm saying. But I've been. And in those days, even only 50 people are admitted to do medicine in Ghana. And I was one of the 50 in the whole country. 
I was the fifth person in the whole country. And I'll keep saying it and saying it and saying it. So, so you know, I do like that. I'll say it always, always until I, I'm all over. It's over. Yeah. By the grace of God. As you see me standing here, I'm, I'm stretching out my hand to you today and I'm saying, look, learn to give. Because giving will open the doors for you. God will touch people's hearts. People will like you. People will favor you. Even for a man to give himself to you and say, you be my wife. It's a giving. It's a form of giving. But he's giving himself to you. If I marry, I've given myself to the person, I've signed. It's like I'm with you. Whatever it is and you do to me, I have signed it. I can't change it. That's marriage. It's a wild thing. It's a signature. And some of you, there's no man to sign over himself to you. Because maybe an offering you've never given. One day, we were doing a fundraising to buy the church, Collegono Cathedral. And God bless all those who gave in those days. A lady walked forward to give 500 CDs or 500,000 in those days. As soon as she walked forward, I heard a voice saying, she's going to get married. She was not married. Nobody had proposed to her before, but I heard a voice and she was going to get And within a short time, she was married. Yeah. It's like, it's like God touches people to give. Remember. Remember. God so loved the world, he will never change his aim. And to whom much is given, Mr. Nabal, Mr. Nabal, keep on watching. We protected you in the wilderness. We prayed for you. God helped you. God protected you. When it's time to give, you start coming up. What is this? Who is Bishop? What is healing Jesus? What is this? this? I don't know any of this. How am I with this? Are you talking away? Watch out. Be careful. Be careful. I've been a pastor for some years. I've seen people come walk into my office telling me, Bishop, I'm dying. I'm dying. One time I was speaking to somebody who was dying. I said, look, have I been a good pastor? He said, you've been a good pastor. You told me the truth always. Please, hear my voice. God, God is asking you, give something. Help. Don't sit there and say, I don't want to do that. Shut up. And start opening your heart and be interested in what God is interested so that God can bless you. Amen. Let's pray. Shall we pray? You can stand if you like. I'm going to go over time with a good reason. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to give and to support and believe in you. And we are sorry that most people are not interested in you, Lord. I, I was so shocked to read it, Lord, that most men don't want even to know you. Wow! I felt so sad, Lord. And I was even sadder when I read that most men don't, men don't want even to be close to you. I, I was very disappointed and felt very sad. But Lord, I would love to know you myself and I would love to be close to you. And I would love this church, the church you've given to me, Lord, to know you, to like you, and to choose you, and to prefer you, and to prefer your ways. I pray for every hand lifted up right now. I pray that their hearts will be touched by your spirit, Lord, that uh, they will like you, Lord. They will prefer you. They will also want to be close to you and to what is on your heart, Lord, that they will be interested in you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you touch the heart, our hearts. We, we beg you, Father. We don't want to be distant from you. Some other creatures who don't know about the Creator and their God and their Protector. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon this congregation today. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here this morning, you want to give your life to God, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, 
just lift up your hand. Pastor, I want also to give my life to Jesus this morning. If you are here like that, wherever you may be standing, just lift your hand. I'm going to pray with you and God is going to touch your life. Lift it up. Just your right hand above your head so I can see. God bless you. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, come to me. I'm, I'm coming to meet you. Take your bag, please, and come. Come from where you are standing. Come, come to the front here. Let me pray with you. God bless you. Wow, what a blessing. God bless you. Just come. Just come. Come quickly. Come quickly, please. Come quickly, please. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. 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 Let's pray. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Please forgive me for my sins. Today, I open my heart. Oh God, have mercy on me. Please write my name in the book of life. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Wash away my sins. Make me a new person from today. I believe in you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.